Hello, and welcome to episode 16 of Carlene's Anime Corner, a St. John's County Public Library podcast. Very happy to be here today talking to you all. It's going to be a great week, despite all the rain that has been forecast lately. But I have discovered something new on Netflix that I did not know there was, which I should have known there was, because of course. But there is Chinese anime. I'm pretty sure it probably has its own word in Chinese, but since I have not been able to find out how to pronounce it, I'm not even going to try yet. Eventually, hopefully, I will learn the pronunciation for that word. But I just finished watching Heaven's Official Blessing, and I really enjoyed it. And I'm just starting in on the daily life of the Immortal King. So if you're interested in expanding your Asian cartoon watching, I highly recommend those two series. They've been really fun and a really different look at animation. So moving on to today's episode, I am very happy to say I had Miss Alex back on the podcast, our children's librarian here at Southeast. And she was helping me to review the newest movie by Studio Ghibli, Earwig and the Witch. I forgot to say in our interview, but this movie is available through our library system. We just actually got it in this month. If you want to check it out for yourselves, it is here and ready to be checked out. Today, I'm going to be discussing Earwig and the Witch by Studio Ghibli. This is a brand new film that just got released in 2020 to Japanese television and in 2021 to DVD in the United States. It still has not, as far as I know, had a theatrical release, but it probably will in the future. Earwig and the Witch is about a young girl named Earwig who was left at an orphanage as a tiny baby. When she reached 10 years old, a mysterious woman named Bella Yaga and the Mandrake come and adopt her and take her to their house. There, Earwig is supposed to be an extra pair of hands for the witch. But eventually, Earwig turns the tables on them. Studio Ghibli, the director is Goro Miyazaki, the son of Hyao Miyazaki. This is also unique because it is Studio Ghibli's first 3D CGI film. Not their first CGI film because they've been using computer graphics in a lot of their movies for years, but definitely the first 3D one. And Miss Alex is here to join me today from the Southeast Library to discuss whether or not Studio Ghibli succeeded at this experiment in changing their style. Hi, Miss Alex. How are you doing today? Hi, Carlene. I'm great. Thank you so much for having me on again. I'm glad you could come back again. So we had a lot of fun last time talking about cats and bananas. So we're going a little bit different this time. We're going to ta be talking about an orphan and a witch. What were uh, your thoughts on this film as you watched it um, overall? It it was very different from the other Studio Ghibli movies that I've seen, and I've seen quite a few. I feel I was like. going to ask how how you've yeah. seen a good deal of their catalog. Yes, yes, I really, really like Studio Ghibli. What's uh, one of your favorites? Um, probably Kiki's Delivery Service. Kiki. Okay, <laughs> oddly enough, one of the few I haven't watched yet. It's been on my list for ages, and I just no. never get around to it. You have to watch it. Okay, I'm going to say my favorite is a toss-up between Spirited Away and Howl's Moving Castle. Ooh, yeah. So, both but, really good. Yep, yep, most definitely. But, um, and something that I really love about Studio Ghibli films is the animation um, and how everything is drawn by hand. So this was very different. 
Yes, different. <laughs> very different. Although, as I said earlier, a surprisingly large amount of their films had CGI previously. It was wow. just done in the 2D style. Wow, I hadn't so, realized. Um, I mean, their early stuff like Kiki's Delivery Service definitely had mostly hand-drawn. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was really surprised to find out that they were an early adopter of a lot of CGI technology. Cool. So, um, if you had to give this film a star rating, what would you do? Um, so for me personally, probably a three out of five. Um, I, I liked it. I liked the story overall. Um, it was interesting. It was moving. Um, and my kids liked it with me. They would probably give it a higher star rating. Yeah. Um, but we, we definitely were not the prime demographic for this no. film. But no. Studio Ghibli's managed to reach beyond that before. A little bit like Pixar, they can reach a wide audience with their films. Yes. I just don't think they they quite got the, the older audience here like they have in some of their past movies. Yeah. Um, but still enjoyed watching watching it. Just I don't know that I would give it um, a repeat watch necessarily. Okay. Yeah, I can see that one. I also enjoyed a lot of the settings. I enjoyed a lot of stuff about the story. Um, not, not one of the ones that's going to be on my repeat shelf either, though. It had some flaws to it, let's say, mm-hmm. which... In some ways, I almost look at this as Studio Ghibli's experimental film, and so I'm kind of taking it a little bit in that way. But I have to admit, looking at their past stuff they've done, other CGI films I've seen, even ones from Japan, I'm judging this by, I would only give it a two and a half. Mm, Okay. and, And part of my problem with the film might actually be from the base material. The book it was based on because, um, but I haven't had a chance to read the book because I did have some issues a little bit with the plot. But again, I don't know if that's because the book they based it on had those same issues. I have put in um, an interlibrary loan request to get a copy of the book. So eventually I'll be able to sort that out. But it didn't come in time for this recording. Gotcha. I would really like to read the book as well. I think the story was interesting. I was just left with so many questions. Yeah, yeah. And that is a problem. Mm -hmm. So, all right. Well, you gave it a three. I gave it a two and a half. Let's go ahead and have our spoiler-filled discussion to find out why we gave it these scores. All right, Miss Alex. We're going to be nice. And let's talk a little bit about what some of our favorite things about this film are. Okay, favorite things. Um, The characters themselves are very interesting. They are. I actually, um, my favorite character was a mandrake, to be (gasps) honest. Yes, he was cool. I I love the grumpy introvert who wants nothing to do with anybody and just play his music and read his books. Yes, and he also really seemed to like good food. Um, Yes. I I liked that part of it, too. He has these little little demons, I guess. I think they they call them demons, I think, Mm -hmm. but they're like, I don't know, they're... They're hard to describe. I think he's more, he seems more like a, like a traditional demon, I guess, is what I would say. And these are yeah. like his little, um, little things that go and do for him. Well, and I, I love the fact that when they're moving around most of the time, they're just like these little whirlwinds of wind. So you never actually see them. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was something I really enjoyed with the way they animated them. And when you see him close up, I only really remember one of details of one of them. And I've watched this movie twice. He was kind of egg shaped and he had mm-hmm. like half an eggshell in his head. Yes. And at one point he goes wandering off in the wrong direction. So yes. I was like, he's, he's the kind of not altogether there one. <laughs> 
he was really <laughs> not cute. paying attention. He was so really the, cute. yeah. So even though they're supposed to be like demons and slightly creepy, they still gave him a little bit of cuteness to them. Oh yeah, definitely. And I just think the the mandrake has so many layers, and I really I really think that they could have delved into that more. Yes. Um, he used to be in a rock band, like well, in so Bella cool. Yaga, the witch that takes um, Earwig home. Mm-hmm. She was also part of the rock band and mm-hmm. everything, and. We know, but I don't know if Earwig ever finds out that the red-haired lady is her mom Mm-mm. because they never tell her that. So, no. but yeah, apparently Earwig's mom was in the same band, possibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I thought it. W- I, I really enjoyed the way they opened the film. Um, oh, very with, exciting! Yes, an exciting car chase um, with a motorcycle. Yep, Earwig's mom is being chased by this little yellow car that we see later on, and she gets dropped off at the orphanage. And you've got the cool music playing the whole yeah. time. So I, I love the opening song. Yes, the "Don't Disturb Me" that yes. the band Earwig, because the band is called Earwig, also. Mm-hmm. Just to make life a little confusing. Yeah, a little confusing there. Band and main character of the film, both Earwig. Oh, although the main character, they don't actually call her earwig for most of the film she's Mm -mm. called erica wig because Mm -hmm. the matron has decided that earwig is a horrible name for a little girl (laughs) which to be fair i guess it kind of is it is a little bit yeah particularly if your goal is to eventually adopt this child out (laughs) yes yes so erica wig um much better for trying to adopt a kid um but yeah i i really also enjoyed mandrake um and uh the cat the cat was actually kind of funny the voice Um, actor for the cat was really good mm -hmm. he had that perfect like i don't know kind of i don't care about you but i want to get my own way on everything type attitude very much like basic cat vibes yeah very very well done with the cat (laughs) yes Yes, and I think the cat's name was Thomas, right? Yes, Thomas. Okay, so Thomas and Mandrake were were pretty cool. I yeah. enjoyed them a lot. Um, and the the setting was cool. Um, the inclusion of the band as uh, and with the flashbacks with the band, I liked. So one of the complaints I heard about this movie online was the fact that so much of it takes place in one house, mm. and they're like, it gets boring because you're only in one spot but i never felt bored with the witch's house maybe it's because of all the little details that were in like the potion room and everything yes and and the fact that the house changes yeah because it's like she puts a screwdriver through the wall of her bedroom and she looks through it and she sees the mandrake on his piano but then she goes around to the other side of the wall and she sees the screwdriver sticking out of the bathroom wall Mm-hmm. So there's, like, weird magic in the house, too. Yes. So I, I didn't really feel like the movie slowed down much when it got to the house. No. No. There were there were so many interesting things about the house yeah. um, and the backyard and the garden. I did have a little problem with her and her little scythe, though, going out to collect nettles. Because <gasps> you will never actually see her, A, collecting nettles. She just, like, waves the scythe around in the air. And it's <laughs> like, yes, that is going to make the plants get cut. <laughs> So I would have preferred seeing more of her actually having to do the chores instead of just wandering out there, waving a basket in the scythe and then coming back with a full basket. Mm -hmm. Because you never really got the feeling she was doing heavy labor outside. No, no. It just seemed like small tasks that she was helping the witch with mostly. And the witch was working as much as her in many ways Mm because she was standing there also working on things. So Mm -hmm. it, it didn't feel, I don't know. It, it somehow didn't make the situation feel as bad as I think we were supposed to feel it was. Yeah, no. It didn't feel like 
it didn't feel like an abusive situation um, no. that she was brought into. It just seemed like the witch honestly needed help because she has this small business, this essentially, <laughs> creating potions for all the different people um, in the community. Yeah, um, a potion to make their dog win first place at the dog show. Yes. <laughs> All sorts of crazy potions. Wasn't there one that like makes it rain on your neighbor's birthday party or tea or something like that? And yeah, just little things to make the uh, help the neighborhood aggressions. (laughs) Yes, yes, maybe maybe that's more helpful than than being passive aggressive. Maybe the witch is really really helpful to the community. They seem to like her. I do like her whole point that my customers are respectable people. I am not going to fly on a broom in front of them. When Earwig asked her, she was going to use her broom to make her deliveries. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Which I do appreciate the fact this movie does not have a lot of the cartoon stereotypes of a witch. I mean, the potion making is there, but it's more like a cookbook type thing. Yeah. There's like ingredients and stuff. But there's no, um, like, flying on a broom, incantations. Big black hats. Well, Thomas is a black cat. Oh, no, black hats. There's no pointy black hats. No, no pointy black hats. No. So uh, I, I, I like that there's a black cat. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yes. You need a black cat. I'm sorry, that's oh, necessary in a most, giant cauldron. Yes. So, but yeah, I, I like the fact that Bella Yaga. If you just met her on the road, yeah, she looks a little weird, but she doesn't look like a witch. No, no. So, very, I, I did like that fact. Yeah, there was no, there were no stereotypes. I feel yeah. like in this, including um, the the main character. Um, because she was so different from any other protagonist um, from was, Studio Ghibli films. But a part of me didn't like her. Yeah, yeah, same. She's very manipulative. Yes. Like, she doesn't want to leave the orphanage, and I can't decide if it's because she, A, actually likes the people there, or B, just because she's got them all wrapped around her finger and she gets whatever she wants. Mm-hmm. And it's not just even the feeling of it. I think at some point she actually verbalizes. Oh, multiple that, times. Yes, that she, that she likes. Can make anybody do what she wants. Yes, yes. And that's why she doesn't want to go to another home where there's only like one or two other people to do what she mm-hmm. wants at the orphanage. She has she all can of make the adults everybody and all the kids. do what she wants. All the kids, all mm-hmm. the adults, everyone. Yeah, so she's a little bit unlikable as a but, character for then, that reason but, but then they make her like because she gets all the kids to go dress up as ghosts at the very beginning and dance in the graveyard mm-hmm. but then when they're getting in trouble for it she stands up and says oh no it was my fault mm-hmm. because she knows she can wrap the matron around her little finger and nobody will get in trouble so mm-hmm. in some ways she does look out for the other kids she does yeah but and, and part of me wonders if this is just the result of of her situation maybe this is her coping mechanism in that she you know it's it's just her when it comes down to it and this is how she um she takes control over whatever situation that she's put in i can see that but it makes it hard to decide if she actually really likes people or not yes because Because mm -hmm. As I said, she seems to really like the matron, but the only sign I get that she likes the matron for being the matron and not because she can manipulate the matron is the fact that when she goes to her new home, she puts a picture of the matron up on the uh, mirror. Yes. And that's the only sign you have that she actually likes the matron for being the matron. Exactly. If that makes sense. Because there's no, she doesn't get anything for putting the matron's picture up. That's just for her because that room is just hers, um, which she realizes. Uh, And... And and so that's a glimpse into, okay, she really does care for the matron. Yeah. But even between her and the mandrake, because she does eventually 
turn around the dynamics in the house, but she does it through manipulation, manipulation. and like she, she flowery it, compliments that aren't really I don't know and sincere. I think, she, I think okay, so she was never the whole fry bread scene. When she was asked to make fried bread, and she literally fills the entire pan full of oil and makes this burnt, disgusting stuff. I think she, I think she purposely did that on purpose to make the mandrake angry. Yeah, and that was, and that kind of was like she's not even. She's purposely sowing dissension in the household because she knows Bella's afraid of the mandrake. If she can get the mandrake on her side and angry at Bella, then her life will be easier. Yeah, and, that's not the best. And the thing is, is I really like the Mandrake. He yeah. could use the help that she gives him and bring him out of his shell. But I feel like in some way the Mandrake got betrayed because yeah. she is so manipulative. Yeah. And you don't know for sure, does she actually like the Mandrake or she just wants to have the ability to eat what she wants, do what she wants and everything. Yeah, I don't know. So Like it's it kind of feels like a little bit of the, do the ends justify the means? Because yeah. at the end... Everyone is Everyone definitely is happier. <laughs> but was it done right? <laughs> yeah, probably so, not. I have to admit, this is a Ghibli film I did not expect to have a whole moral quandary about. No, right? <laughs> so, <sighs> well, in the, um, and again, I think, like, the biggest thing she did to make the Mandrake angry, I don't think she actually truly did on purpose because she didn't realize she was putting worms into his room because of the magic house she thought she was putting. Sorry, I just had a hiccup. She thought she was putting them in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. But instead, she put all these worms that Bella Yaga had cursed her with into the Mandrake's own personal room. Yes, and then the Mandrake got really angry. Mm -hmm. We found out he has scales. Yes. And fire. That was neat. And has a whole marching army of little mini demons that follow him. (laughs) Yep, yep. And he went after Bella Yaga. Yeah. Um, So. So that was a little... As I said, that one was a little bit like... I don't know. That one, at least, she didn't purposefully. It was an accident. Him. That was an accident. But it, it did it did go along with her her, goals. her game plan, mm-hmm. as it were. Mm-hmm. So she did get Bella Yaga to start. I think teaching her magic or helping her out yeah. more at that point. Yeah. Now the one bit of uh, revenge that I thought she took that was highly appropriate was the extra hands. Yeah, because Bella Yaga kept treating her as not a person and just saying, "Oh, you're just an extra pair of hands." So her actually magically putting an extra pair of hands on Bella Yaga, I thought was kind of yeah that that was kind of deserved on Bella Yaga's part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was that was that, that was the one thing I was like, okay, she's not being manipulative there. She's just being the childish prankster yes. in a way. So yes, that was that was a bit better. Um, yeah. And it was it was funny to watch as well. Yeah, it was. Particularly when, you know, she has one coming out of her forehead and just grabbing her nose. Yep. And she's having to talk through her nose like that. <laughs> yes. So. But the rest of it was just kind of, I don't know, still trying to wrap as my head As I said, I'm it. still not sure I actually like the main character, which is part of why I had a problem with this movie. Yep. And as I said, I don't know how much of that is the movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much of that is the book that it was based on. That's fair. So that's kind of why I want to read the book before I do a, completely condemn the plot that's if that fair. makes sense that's fair though something that was totally in their control was the animation style which i'm not in love with it reminded me a lot yeah. of a video game like specifically studio ghibli released the nino kuni 
mm-hmm. um, video game, and it looks very similar. I have not actually played the Nino Kuni oh. games, so I don't know what they look like. They've got two now. So, um, yeah, it's it's kind of that animation style. Okay, um, which yeah. was just weird in a feature film for me. I I was okay. I was okay with some of it, like a lot of the background shots and stuff like that. I was okay with, but when the two things that bothered me the most about the animation were the people's hair. Yeah. Because it felt very rigid and plasticky. Like it didn't really move at all. And in hair, it's more noticeable than in some other things, I think. Mm -hmm. And the other thing was Thomas, the cat. He literally looked like he was made out of Play-Doh half the time or clay. He had that weird smooth look and he just, he had no fur. (laughs) Yeah, no, he didn't, he didn't look furry like a cat. He didn't look furry like a cat. should look, yeah. He just looked slick. Yeah, Um, in plasticky or like mm -hmm. a Play-Doh or a clay or something like that. Mm -hmm. It reminded me a lot. There was this show I used to watch ages ago when I was a little kid called David and Goliath. And it was a uh, stop motion clay show. Um, Think a little bit like Gumby type idea. And to be honest, a lot of uh, Thomas's design reminded me of the dog in that show. Because they didn't have fur because it was a clay show. Yes. Which is acceptable in in clay stop motion animation, animation. but this is not that. Well, in in early CGI, I was more forgiving of stuff like that. But I looked it up. Ice Age, which came out, I think, in 2001, the mammoth and the saber-toothed tiger were furry. Yes. They had fur. This is old technology to oh, create fur. Yeah, we're so, 20 years later now. It should look better. Yeah, yeah. 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 And as I said, I have seen some of the CGI coming out of Japan, and some of it, quite honestly, is a lot better. Mm. So it's not even just like a technology country difference, because I'm not even comparing it to Pixar. No. Like, yeah, you can't compare to Pixar. <laughs> you can't compare to Pixar. I'm sorry. But Lupin the Third, the First, which is a movie that came out fairly recently oh, that yeah. I reviewed um, earlier, the CGI in that was amazing. It was really well done, really fluid. I mean, the action sequences were amazing. And then you compare it to this, and yeah. it's like night and day. And it's not like Studio Ghibli doesn't have the resources. I mean, Studio Ghibli is Studio Ghibli. I would think I would so. Think. I would think so, but you know they are stepping outside their comfort zone yeah. into something new. It um, is it is experimental, so, as you said before. Yeah, like so this is kind of their experiment. I hope next time they remember to put fur on the cat. Yes, please. <laughs> so I mean, because the character designs I really liked, like the giant poofy curls that they have on the witches. Yes. Deliaga's are um, bright blue, and uh, Earwig's mother has the bright red hair. Yes, that so. does look cool. And the Mandrake is the, is designed very well, I feel like, yes. overall. He's in, very interesting. Lots of angles. Lots of angles. He's got these really tall, skinny ears. Mm-hmm. And at times it looks a little bit like he has horns, but I'm never 100% sure if that's actual horns or his hair. I, I know. Because Beliaga made a comment that his horns only show when he's really upset. Mm-hmm. So I'm still, but from the angle where they show it where Earwig's looking at him and she goes, he has horns? I'm still not sure if that was horns or hair that she was seeing because yeah. of the way his hairdo is. One thing about the Mandrake I really loved on his design, and I think they did a great job with his animation on, were his eyes. Yeah, The way they had those glasses, and then it's just like little sparks sparking behind his eyes, and as he gets more and more angry, they get more and more active and mm-hmm. furious. So yep. I thought that was actually really cool. I did like that. And when I was looking up the film online as well, that was often a screenshot that was included. So I think we're not alone in that. Yeah. People really think that was yeah. interesting. 
um, yeah, I like getting to see. You could obviously tell when he was starting to get upset because of the sparks flying behind his glasses. Yeah. Very neat. So I and I really, as I said, Mandrake is one of my favorite characters. Yeah. I think I relate to him a bit. That's fair. <laughs> Just don't want to be disturbed. Yes. Best part of the film. End of it when all the Christmas lights are on the house, it is flashing do not disturb in Christmas lights. Yes. <laughs> I was yeah. like, yes. That's so cute. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I can so. relate. Um, but but there, yeah, as I said, there were some good moments of humor in this film. There were some even decent little animation touches, like the Mandrake's eyes. Mm-hmm. It's just, I feel like Studio Ghibli has done better, and it makes yeah. me sad. Yeah, yeah, no, same. So, same. And the hidden plot was one of my favorite parts, but we never find out what's going on. No. Because the whole story about apparently Earwig's mom is on the run because she angered this... 12 witches, 12 elder witches. We have no idea what they are. We have no idea what she did. We have no idea of anything. And nope. she's just... Nope. And, There's no information on yeah. that at all. Or why Earwig the band broke, broke up. up. What um, they did. Yes. I'm going to guess it probably involves baby Earwig at some point. Maybe. Or Maybe. did they break up and then she went off and that that's, that's when Earwig happened. I don't know. I don't know. And why were they chasing her at the end? Because I assumed it was the 12 witches chasing her. Yes. So why were her own bandmates chasing her? Because then we see the same car in the basement. That's right. Yeah. So, so it's it's very confusing. And there's also a scene in which the three bandmates are in that car together. Mm-hmm. And they seem happy. They're going down the road. Singing along. Yes. And then Earwig's mother bends down. And it looks like she's about to kiss Mandrake. Yeah. But Bella Yaga, like, moves the car. And it doesn't happen. And everybody goes back to smiling and singing like that never happened. So So. you got to wonder. So they hint at a lot that they never actually explain. And I think what the story they're hinting at is actually better than the one we got. Yes. In a sad way. So many questions. Yeah. Um, Well, let's talk about the ending. Okay. The ending. The ending. This movie feels unfinished. It does. So it it feels like the first chapter. Yes. It's crazy. Um, So. Um, Earwig has this friend named oh, Custard. Custard. Weird name. Yes, this little It was Custard quiet, even in the Japanese. <laughs> okay. This little quiet boy at the orphanage who she kind of like bullies? Yes, kind <laughs> a of little bit. bullies and, and pushes him around and, and she kind of adopts him as a friend, even though it doesn't I don't know, doesn't seem like yeah. they would be a likely match. Um so she's been trying to convince him to come and visit her in her house um and he hasn't wanted to come she's by. Been there, I think she says she's been there now for 6 months. I think so. As yeah. the witch's apprentice, I guess in a way now. Yes. So she's been trying to convince him and it's Christmas and we see Custard outside and I think this, he has a gift. Yeah, right? I, I remember he has a present and yes. he's like hovering outside the gate trying to make up his mind whether or not he's going to go in. Which I have to admit if you have giant flashing lights above your house to say do not disturb in Christmas lights. <laughs> yeah. I would hesitate to go into. That's fair. That's fair. So he's got to build up his courage. So, but he he ends up deciding to go up to the house. But then we also see right behind him at the door is the red haired witch, Earwig's mother, yes, and the third member of the band. Yes. And they ring the doorbell, and the movie ends. What? Okay. What happens next? Again, yes. this is where I'm really curious what the source material of the book is, because yes. does the book end that way too? Why did the author choose to end the book that way? Yes. And is she ever planning on writing a sequel? <laughs> I, I like, I have to know. I want to know. Yeah. Who is Earwig's father? 
Yeah, we that's a big that question too. Does she have a father? We don't know. Well, apparently Earwig does have a gift for magic, though, because she's able to successfully do two spells, we see. That's true. That's so. true. So at least she gets that from her mother, I'm assuming. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, there's just, there's so many questions. Is Earwig going to find out that that's her mother? Is she going to find out that all of them well, were in the band together? in the together? last six months, did somebody actually tell her that the red-haired midge is her mother? I don't know. Or do Bella and the Mandrake not even know that's her oh, mother? That's fair. Because that's fair. they don't know that... I don't think they know that she dropped this baby off at yeah. that orphanage. Is it some crazy coincidence yeah. that they picked but her? But there was something about her that the Mandrake said, take that one. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if it was because they sensed that she had some witch ability or something. Perhaps. But none of that was not, talked about. No, not at all. So we're just left with all these questions. Hopefully there's a sequel. <sighs> well, kind of hopefully. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Not sure how to feel about it. Yeah. As I said, two and a half stars. Yeah. So, yeah. but you said your kids really liked it. Yes. Yeah. So they did enjoy watching it. Um, I'm sure they're not as picky as I am in their animation style. Probably not. <laughs> going by some of the kids' cartoons I've seen. No. I mean, some are amazing and some are like, okay. Exactly. Exactly. But These are kids who like to, to watch other people play video games. But then I so. also grew up in the era where half the cartoons didn't, the characters didn't actually move in order to save money. So yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Any animation today is probably better than what I had. <laughs> yes, they did enjoy it. Um, they liked seeing all of the characters and the talking cat and the magic. Um, and it was exciting. Um, they did say that it was a little bit scary. When the mandrake gets angry. Yeah. I saw that scene. I was like, that's why this is rated PG. Because most of it, I was like, why is this rated PG? I'm mm-hmm. not seeing a whole ton of Because it said rated PG for scary images. And I was like... Not a whole ton of very scary no. has happened yet. And then the mandrake got angry. I was like, that would count. That, there it is. There, there it, is. it is. That was pretty scary for, for little ones. For, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're 10 and older, I don't think it would be a problem. No. So. No. But for my six-year-old, it was it was a little yeah. scary, that bit. But otherwise, um, but he and his brothers. It was a good ending, though. So yes. It unscaried fast. <laughs> yes. Exactly. The scary bit didn't didn't last very long. And even when she's, you know, working on patri- on potions and, and doing things against Bella Yaga, like, none of that is scary at all or no. comes across scary. It's just, you know, silly. Yeah, silly or just, like, her staring angrily at Bella while she's grinding rat bones yes. or something like that. <laughs> it's just, none of it's, like, it's scary. And as I said, none of it sounds, it doesn't make Earwig's life seem all that hard hard if that makes sense which is why i again have some issues with how manipulative she was and i wonder if she wouldn't have gotten further in a different way but then maybe she wouldn't have yeah so there's just and that's the only way that she knows to to exercise control over her situation so So, i as i said up in the air yep but your kids would probably give it what four stars Probably, yeah. Minus one star for Scary Mandrake. Yes, yes. <laughs> Let's say that, yeah. Four, four out of five for the four kids. Four out of five for kids. Yep. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining t- me today to talk about this movie, Alex. And thank you for being a good sport and watching it. Because I, I have to admit, I handed it to you and I hadn't even seen it yet. So I was just <laughs> like, I hope this is good. Yep. We'll, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> no, I, I enjoyed watching it. It was so. it was a good use of, what, 90 minutes? Yeah, I think it was only about 90 minutes yeah. long. Well, maybe a smidge less. Yeah. So No, it was good. But, it was good. Thank you for having me on it's again. amazing how little happened in 90 minutes but it still didn't feel like a 90 minute film no because i I would say a good half hour of it was just earwig puttering around in the witch's um 
potion room. Yeah. So, yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of action there. Yeah, not a lot of plot, not a lot of action. Which, considering it started with a car chase. Yeah. Nah. Not a lot happened after that. No. <laughs> no. So, but... Anyway, thanks again for joining me, and um, hopefully we can have you on again sometime when I have another film I want your kids to check out. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Yay! So, <laughs> bye. Bye. Thank you for joining me today on our episode as we talked about Earwig and the Witch, and I look forward to talking to you guys next month about a new anime movie or show. And if you have any thoughts or comments about what we talked about today, you can reach me at the email address in the show notes. Or if you even just have some recommendations for things we might want to look into on a future episode, you can go ahead and email me there. Again, thank you for joining us, and I hope you have a lot of fun watching a ton of anime. Bye! (laughs) 